Listening to the OmniTalk Fast Five, brought to you in partnership with Microsoft, the AM Consumer and Retail Group, Takeoff, and Sezzle. Our OmniTalk Fast Five podcast is the podcast that we hope makes you feel a little smarter, but most importantly, a little happier each week, too. And especially for all of our listeners over in Europe, either uh, in Ukraine or who have team members in Ukraine, this show is for you. Yes, it is. Today is March 3rd. I am your host, Ann Mazenga. And I'm Chris Walton. And we are here to once again discuss all the top headlines making waves in the world of omnichannel retailing. Chris, it feels, Ann, really, it feels really good to be back. It does, Ann. And I have to introduce our newest mascot, which for those of you that listened to the show last week, we went out and procured uh, Build-A-Bear's, what is it, Build-A-Bear's After Dark? After Dark series. Yeah, After Dark series. A mm-hmm. bear from the Build-A-Bear After Dark series, which shout out to Chad Lusk on the show last week who picked the bear that we were going to procure, and that is our new mascot, Cozy as Fluff. And say hi, say hello to Cozy. Hi, that's really creepy. This is turning a bear toward me and like making it talk. This is terrible. Well, that's actually a I, I dog think, sound. I don't think is it? That's a bark. bark. Yeah, what, I don't know what sound does a bear make. <laughs> like, is that <laughs> like grizzly bears in Yellowstone? I hope which to is never so find good, out. By the way, Yellowstone oh, is so good. You are crushing it's, Yellowstone right but it, now. It's like so. It's like so kind of like gratuitous though too. But anyway, we won't we won't get off on that subject. But cozy, it's good to have you. Cozy as fluff for calf? those watching on TV. Do we call him calf? For calf. Short? Yeah, calf. Why not? Here he is. See? Hey. Oh my gosh. All right, we're enough, done with enough. we're done with props. We're not prop comics. Yeah, we're not carrot top. Yeah, we're just gonna set up set set cozy down in set his head. Cozy down back in his space. No one's but gonna Ann, be able were, to take this seriously I, with the bear between. But us. I have to give you some. I don't know if this is props mm. or actually kind of a derision that I'm about to lay your way, but. Um, you were in Mardi Gras last week, I was. and you're wearing purple again today. I'm still sporting Mardi Gras. I got my Rolling Dirty since 1917 hat <laughs> that I caught from a float. It's like definitely one of my. So it says since 1917. Since 1917. Whoa! Yeah, I'd love to see that on someone that's like that old too. That would be oh, hilarious. I, I, I thought I'm the sure, same. I'm sure there were people that were doing that. But I gotta give you. I gotta at least give you a shout out here. You were working. You like worked while you were in Mardi Gras. You like went to Walmart and did a video demo of their scan oh, yes. and go. Like what inspired that? And who was behind the video, by the way? Shout out to my <laughs> photographer, John Mazenga, who oh, wanted, your brother. wanted nothing more. Avid Omnitalk listener wanted nothing more than to punch me directly in the face. And I was like, hey, can you just video me doing scan and go? This is cool. I want to try it. In the middle of like- Nerd alert. Yeah, this is definite nerd alert. He already knew that. But like, I'm telling you, this is like the Walmart that's in like central New Orleans. There's parade, like floats right. being done all around us. There's a ton of people in this store. And, and I'm like, can I videotape scanning these Mardi Gras shirts and like tumblers we're making drinks in later? Oh um, but it was a really, I have to say like that experience was slick, like super fast scanning. The only issue, Chris. Yeah. Yeah. Tell, tell the audience. We got done. We scanned everything. Yeah. We got our cart ready. All we need to do is scan the QR code and go. Except scan and go is the same line as what they call scan and go self checkout yeah, right. at Walmart. So we still had to wait in a line, even though like- 
I mean, we didn't have to scan every single item, but yeah. So it's still some room for improvement there. But man, that store! Shout out to the uh, the Chapatula New Orleans Walmart. They had stuff running right that. Day. Yeah. So basically, what you're saying is, so if you're faster than Dolores at the check lane scanning the items, it's worth it. Otherwise, it's kind of uh, eh, eh, it doesn't really exactly. do much for you from exactly. a speed standpoint. But exactly. I, I'm damn proud of you for doing that. Kind of embarrassed that you did it too, but damn too. proud of. Damn proud to call you a partner oh. for taking the time to do that and putting your, your younger your, your younger brother right through yes. through that as well. So yes. that's awesome. All right, Ann, I think we got to get to the headlines. We do. All right, let's do it. So today we're going to talk about Amazon taking its just walk out technology to Whole Foods. Foot Locker shares dropping on the latest news around Nike. Kroger expanding into another market virtually. DoorDash somehow listing Target with its in-app. We're going to close with that. <laughs> but first, we take. We take off with another Target-related announcement, and Oh, Chris, I am excited. Parents across the country let out a collective scream of joy this week. Do you know why? Uh, I think I do, Ed. Target <laughs> released a press release announcing that customers can now order Starbucks and handle returns without ever getting out of their cars as part of Target's curbside drive-up service. Yes, they did. Although there's some nuance to this, which I definitely want to get into. Yes, there is. Uh, So Target said it will begin testing the option for guests in select markets to add a Starbucks order or make a return within Target's free contactless curbside service through the Target app. A company spokeswoman also told CNBC that Target will begin testing the concept with employees, then with customers, in the hopes to scale Uh, these features across the country. That is a key nuance to me. Begin Uh, testing. Yes. Yes. There's lots of testing that will have to happen. Now, Chris, you mentioned Chad Lusk at A&M. He is going to put you on the spot right here and now. Right off the get-go? Right in the beginning. I get this right in the beginning. With the first one. Oh, my God. I'm sure uh, this is going to be super easy, too. Yes, as always. Uh, So here at A&M, like the moms across the country, Chris, Chad (laughs) says, um, we think that Target's announcement is exciting and hugely innovative. And innovative. Innovative. Nice, nice. Well said, Thank Anne. you. Uh, and that, I feel like it's A&M, so I have to like right. use the most proper English. Like an English accent? Yes. Which I don't, okay, go ahead. Yes. Jonathan Sharp would be very yes, proud. Yes, he would. Um, and that we should expect to see retailers add more benefits to incent curbside pickup over home delivery fulfillment because of the inherently lower cost model. Yes, that is a benefit. Right now, this seems to be a game playing out among Amazon, Walmart, and Target. But how do you think that non-mass merchandisers can drive more pickup as well in the long term? Whoa! Okay, curveball. Um, I didn't expect to go there. Um, all right. Well, I've got to... Jeez. Okay, there's a lot I want to say on the topic of just Target's announcement in general. Like I said, there's a lot of nuance to what I think they're putting out there. And then also, in terms of what a and asking inherently in that question, in terms of what it means you know, for other retailers, um, given that it's a put-you-on-the-spot question first, um, I'll tackle that and then come. I'll try to come back and circle back as quickly as I can to kind of the, my thoughts on Target and their announcement. In answering the, the A&M question... You know, to me, my my advice would be, you know, for the listeners would be to break that down into two groups. So, I would break it out in off mall and mall based. Okay. Um, and for the for the off mall world, like you know, so that for people to me, that's like the Ulta's, the World, Home Depot's, Kohl's, Burlington, you know, etc. To me, there's no reason why they can't and shouldn't be aspiring to offer the same type of curbside pickup services. You know, for the reasons they're saying, it's a better way to do it economically. Mm-hmm. And in fact, I would say, and Target, for all the fanfare it gets, they kind of serendipitously fell into this whole service. Like, because I was there at the time when this was very hotly, hotly debated. And there were which m- part? 
whether or not they should not the current announcement, just okay. the pickup side of things, okay. which is the inherent part of AM's question. Mm-hmm. Very hotly debated. And and I can remember, and you know who you are if you're listening, there were quite a few people that were poo-pooing them even trying this. And there were literally knockdown drag out fights internally. But they did it, and then along comes a pandemic and they look like heroes because they are two to three years out in front of the experimentation and right. and, and that matters. And what it all starts with, so getting back to the question, what it all starts with is fundamentally, you have to you have to have what I call great available to promise logic. So I'm going to use the Joey Tribbiani air quotes there because it's a very important thing. Available to promise logic in your order management systems is what allows you as a retailer to confidently be able to serve up the inventory for the customers across all these different fulfillment types. If you don't have that, you're not going anywhere. And then you also have to have the inventory accuracy, which RFID plays into and all that. So that's fundamentally where you have to start. And then like Target, like I said, you have to spend two years developing the front end processes UX to make this happen. Right. But now back to the mall based side of it. Okay. You have to do all those things, but then you're saddled within a mall. Right. So how do you make this experience happen? For my money, the only way you're going to do it is by doing something like a debt minded with Mall of America. Like where collaborative it's, effort. Yeah. Single pickup points within the mall. Yeah. It's the only way yeah. it's going to work for the customer, right? But but then but my problem with that is I don't think that the mall in the mall based retailers yeah. particularly have the leadership or the innovative thinking to do this. And my point that I would use to drive that home is like Macy's. Macy's for all the fanfare it's been getting of late, like why isn't Jeff Gannett out there saying like we're gonna lead the charge on this idea for mm-hmm. every mall in America in which we operate? I mean, there's like something like, you know, there's a, sh- a ton of Macy's stores where they could be just taking up the torch on this idea. Seems like a better use of space than uh, Story, Toys, Wetzel's Pretzels. Like, why don't you? Yeah, that's a 100%. great point. Like, like, why, why aren't you just like pulling together all the mall retailers, have right. a conference in New York at your headquarters, bring all the executives into the room and be like, we are doing this. Yeah. So anyway, that's my long story short. I don't know if you have any thoughts you want to weigh in on that, but God, I'd, I'd love to talk so to the smart. target angles too. Yeah, I think that's so smart. Like I, I would never have thought of that, but that would be a great reason for people to go into Macy's. Like if you're the central location, you're the biggest place, you have the biggest parking lots, like for people to be able to utilize your store as kind of the hub for the mall is brilliant. And goes back to, you know, what David Brown was saying last week of like, how do you get everything done that you need to do in the mall and yeah. without leaving Macy's? Why like, does Simon need to lead this? Or, you know, whomever else, you know, that you want to put in JLL? Like, why do they need to lead this? Why can't why can't Macy's be the leader on this? But but you know, going back to going back to what I want to talk about with Target, I mean, I think I'm I'm not as gung ho on this announcement as I think you are, and I want to see what you have to say. Yeah. But, I think, first of all, I love the idea. The idea of being able to get my Starbucks so, in a yes. curbside situation. I is, posted on LinkedIn. Is this is huge. like my dream come true. So I'm I'm holding Target. I'm like, this has to happen now. You said it, you put it out into the universe, and now my uh, me and thousands and hundreds of thousands of people are expecting it. A hundred percent. And I told I told the Star, the Star Tribune to ask me for a quote on this. I said, it's freaking game changing. Yeah. And she dropped that quote exactly. I was like, it's so cool in its intent. But I think... I'm a little bit like, okay, hold on a second here, because I think there's a little bit of taking PR credit for the idea before it's actually instituted, which honestly bothers me a little bit. You know, I Fair. hate when I hate when companies do that. Yeah. Because I think making this work is pretty hard logistically. You know, if you look at Starbucks, you've got an order, one, it's an order that can't be staged because mm-hmm. it needs to be hot, mm-hmm. right? And then people are really particular about what it is that they, how they order their coffee. Yeah. So there's a different dynamic here than say the standard curbside pickup order where you're 
getting a frozen pizza from DiGiorno that you kind of know what that's going to look like, right? Yeah, or, yeah. or some other like Crest toothpaste, right? right? Like you can't screw that up if you're Target. And then you get into returns, like that gets in inherently complex. You start bringing back online return items as well. Like I can remember being a store manager, like somebody brought back a mattress they brought online. Yeah. Imagine if somebody brings a couch right. to this. Which like, they're definitely going to if they have to pull up the car and don't have to haul it out of the car. 100% they are. And right. so that's going to screw up with these processes to a large degree. And it's going to take a long time to figure this out. So while they're claiming this, yeah. I think this is going to not roll out nationally would be my hunch that quickly. Yeah. But I think there's actually a cooler pivot on this, which I want to, I don't, I want to wait. I want to tease that. Okay. Cause I want to get your thoughts on it. Do you agree with me or yes. not? No, I totally agree. I think I, I uh, think that the, the biggest challenge for target to roll this out is actually going to be the, the staffing and handling the returns part of it. Because even with the most, you know, forward thinking, like early adopter, customers you're still going to have an issue with some of the returns and how long i think the staff applied to those returns it's going to take like there's going to be more of a process and and that will be the biggest hurdle i think I, to get yeah. over i i tend to disagree with you about the like the starbucks and really and um that kind of availability like both starbucks mobile order pickup and Target's curbside pickup are best in class examples. They get thrown out everywhere. They they do that very well. Yeah. And so I think that that's just a matter of working out the right back end, you know, like timing. When do we fire the Starbucks order? And, you know, people are used to ideally getting your coffee right away when you pull up, but they understand that there could be some lag time that happens within Starbucks yeah, too. That's so, true. That's a good point. So I'm not as worried so about that. So maybe it that. induces more slack into the system. I hadn't thought about yes, that. Yes, I think that's that good. there are. The, those logistical hurdles can definitely be overcome. Now, to quickly answer A&M's question, I think that, you know, the biggest thing to, the biggest advantage, I guess, for non-targets, Walmarts, Amazons, is returns. Accepting returns without having to get out of the car and doing curbside returns, especially in the world of online commerce that we live in, yeah. I think that is the biggest thing that I would focus on. However, you execute. Yeah, no one, it. not anyone can duplicate Starbucks, right? Yeah, right. it's really the return part that's right. essential. To Absolutely. This. Yeah, right. Okay, but I want to hear what your like tease yeah. is. What were you thinking? So you know, in, in, coincidentally, Target also announced this week they're investing five billion dollars again. Yes. You know, and, and part of that is in store remodeling and things. Now, my hunch is that this is nowhere on their roadmap. But what I would be doing is taking a portion of that money and experimenting with creating a drive-through lane for Starbucks that is coordinated with the architecture of the store. For sure. To, to simplify this. And right. I would also possibly even look at a walk-up pickup window mm -hmm. into where, you know, to the Starbucks hmm, part of I've, the Target. Sounds like I've heard of that before yeah, or something. That's the type of thing. I mean, we've talked about that for years. Yeah, like, what Kroger know, is doing at their Cincinnati store yeah. where you have the, the Starbucks pickup window right in the- That's the, the type yeah. of stuff that I would want to see here. Okay. Um, and I would love to see them take that that step because I think that simplifies it. And I think customers would just be, be just as interested in using that service- and it would simplify the operations potentially greatly. So, so anyway, that's my thoughts. And I don't know, closing word on this. I, I would, I think that's definitely worth experimentation. Uh, I don't know that I think they need to drive up Starbucks. And I like, I would like it all in one if they can figure that out. You would. You, I, I think ideal. You think this is ideally better. Yeah, which I think, I, I think that's true too. But I think there's, and maybe they can like make dinner and then deliver that too. <laughs> yeah.
Right. That yes, yes. They can. <laughs> and my dry cleaning. Just uh, basically, Target brings the floor wax and a dessert yeah, topping. Yeah, exactly. All right. Let's move on to headline two. We took some time on that first one intentionally because it was kind of a big story this week. But Am, this one's huge too. Amazon has opened up a new Whole Foods in DC that leverages its Amazon Go style just walkout technology. According to Chain Storage, the store is roughly twenty-one thousand square feet and can be found in the Glover Glover Park. Excuse me, Glover. <laughs> neighborhood of DC. Was that? that was my Grover impression, you know, from, oh from Sesame Street. Oh, okay. According to Amazon, it has also expanded the computer vision algorithms of its Just Walk Out tech to support all the store's selection, including self-service stations, mm-hmm. where customers, my favorite, can, customers can serve up things like fresh squeezed orange juice and mochi ice cream. Oh. And yes. I fought hard for this story. You did. You sure fought hard make, for this. To make the headlines. But after a night's sleep, I'm curious, 24 hours of sitting on it, Where's your head on it? Are you coming around to its importance in the world of omnichannel retailing? Chris, I rarely, I try to say this to you as as little as I possibly can, but <laughs> I know um, this is going you were right, and uh, this is a bigger story than I think yesterday I was willing to give it credit for. Okay, why? I have some I have some caveats though. I think you should start here and explain why you think that this is a big Oh really? Story. You're turning and the tables on me. And then I will explain my counterpoint. Okay. Well, sir. I I like I, said, I think this story This is like one of those apologies where I'm like, I'm sorry, but Yeah, right. Yeah, right. I'm sorry, but Yeah, right. But I'm not really sorry. Uh <laughs> all right. Well, and I think this story is big. Um and the reason I think it's big is I I call it what I would call this or I would I would dub this a non-retrofit retrofit. Okay. We've talked about the importance of retrofitting this technology into stores, into existing stores. This is not that. Yep. But it is kind of that in that it's retrofitting it into an existing brand. Mm-hmm. This is the first example I can think of where Amazon has taken a technology and applied it to an existing brand, something that already is out there. I've said on this podcast, I've said on countless other podcasts in which I've been interviewed, the biggest advantage Amazon has is that none of us have a preconceived notion of what its consumer experiences should look like. That's true right. of Amazon Go, true of Amazon Fresh, Go Grocery, whatever you want to call it. That is not true of Whole Foods. We all have an expectation of what a Whole Foods experience should be. And so you're you're walking a different tight wire here, mm-hmm. or tightrope here, and the fact that they're doing this then is huge. It is big. And so that is something that I think people have to take notice there's no stopping this freight train at all. They just announced today they're shutting down all their other physical yeah, stores. Yeah, I know. It's crazy. To focus on this, which goes back to our hypothesis all along, that those stores were never meant to be anything to begin with. You mean, just- you mean you're not going to have, you don't want four stars and malls? You well, you might want a convenience store or a fashion concept right, instead, right, perhaps? Right. You just, yeah. I mean, they were proving grounds for the tech, mm-hmm. right? They were proving grounds for the computer vision tech and what and how people shopped and understanding that and returns and all that kind of stuff. So, you know- Target, Walmart, Kroger, you guys got to wake up here. That's yeah. my thing. Big aha I had this week, too. I got the chance to interview um, Choice Choices Choice Market CEO Mike Fogarty yeah. for G, GTC, which is coming up in a couple of weeks, you guys. You guys should check it out. He basically said, like, there is so many scale benefits to this if you think about understanding this technology. Like, he's gone from convenience stores to now putting it in hospitals. Mm-hmm. Like, Walmart, Target, why aren't you just experimenting with this in, like, smaller formats right. to see what happens? Like, why couldn't you have a target inside hospitals? Right. I'm I'm hopeful that that $5 billion in stores that Target's putting towards, like that that's going into some of this experimentation. And if it's not, I will be shocked. I mean, that is- Oh, will you? I won't be at all. I don't, oh, think, I don't think there's a I, damn- How can you I, not- I don't think there's a damn cent that will go to this. But uh, anyway. Know, you're probably right. But I don't, But what do you think? I mean, so, so you agree so with that? Or is there anything you'd add? I don't agree to you, with you that this is going to be the shock to people's systems that you make it out to be. 
um, you and the New York Times reporter who claimed that the experience was already divisive among customers. I was like, okay, lady. Well, I don't think it's going to be divisive. That's not well, what that's, I'm saying. That's what she was saying. I, that's what the New York Times reporter was saying. She's He or she, I can't remember. I'm saying it's bold experiment because yes. people could perceive it that way, but yes, they won't. Yes, yes. But I think that you are, you are forgetting that Amazon has been a presence in Whole Foods since they took over in 2018. I mean, prime discount scans have been happening at checkout since yeah. that time. Signage throughout the store, returns in store, pickup lockers. So I don't think this is the this to me for the Whole Foods customer. This is just going to be the next iteration. Like this is just Amazon further extending right. their experience in store. I don't think this is is I don't think you can say the same where it's like this is Amazon doing something that nobody's ever expected in the store that it's a completely new experience because Amazon's footprint has been in there. I think there's going to be a bigger shock when we see like Trigo and Wakefern coming together and creating an entirely new experience for a Wakefern shopper that will be better, but I mean I think that's where you're going to see more of a new experience for people or if you put this in a safe way than you will in a Whole Foods. That's too. interesting. Yeah, I mean the the part with Wakefern it, it, it depends cuz like you scale it down depending to but this is like a full-scale Amazon go store but your point's right like you're at you've acclimated the Whole Foods customer to being owned by Amazon right. for a while right and it is still a new store right which helps get you past that gap too right. so I yeah I think that's that's a great point you're bringing up um, okay well let's go to headline number three Chris so Foot Locker projected a big revenue drop in 2022 this past week saying that it will no longer sell no longer likely sell as many Nike products as it has <laughs> right. in years past so according to NBC shares slipped 30% this past Friday. Um, as Foot Locker said, the news reflects the accelerated shift by Nike to sell more of its sneakers and apparel directly to consumers. Chris, um, what are your thoughts about this? Yeah, this one, I, I think you and I are going to debate this one too, actually, which is good because I like when that happens. I, I kind of wonder if this isn't a bit of an overreaction as well. Um, you know, we talk on this show a lot of times that, you know, the right answer is always balanced. And so I think it's funny that, you know, news comes out this week too that Alberts is you know, talking about building out wholesale relationships when, sure. you know, what was it, six months ago? I don't know exactly how many months, but they were talking about, you know, they were saying they need to raise money because they need to build stores. They right. need to be more directly related to their customer. Now they're looking at wholesale relationships. So I feel like this this whole wholesale versus direct thing is going to filter out. Um, it feels like Nike should be a part of the Foot Locker experience to me to some degree, but I don't know. Maybe I'm thinking about this with my... 1989 Air Force One's nostalgia here, and of going to the mall. So I, I, you know, prove me wrong here. Like, what's your take here? No, I mean this is bad news for Foot Locker. Oh, really? I mean, okay. th it actually reminds me of what happened to Macy's long ago when, like, mm. the big brands started pulling out of Macy's. You're not getting the as you've like quoted multiple times on the show. Like, La Crusade is not selling their products in Macy's anymore. It's Martha Stewart Living Brand or like the Macy's own brand. That's an example. Yeah. And there's not there's not enough like allure to go to the Macy's anymore because right. Nike in this case, you know, Nike is a reason for people to go to a Foot Locker. Nike sales made up 70% of Foot Locker sales last year. It doesn't surprise me like, at all. It's huge. So that there is, you know, this is going to be a huge impact on Foot Locker. But my my argument from Nike's perspective is just because, and I agree with you, wholesale is a component of your business. It should be a component of your business. It doesn't mean you got to go wholesale with everybody. Right, okay. You right. got to focus your, your efforts on this. 
I think that, you know, when you look at stores, you have j- nearly as many Dick's Sporting Goods who they're going in heavy with as there yeah. are Foot Lockers. So it's not like you're giving up the option for somebody to go to a Dick's, you know, it's more to try them to go on. to a Dick's too when you think about the full well, assortment. And, and the experience yeah. is better. Plus, they're tying in your loyalty yeah. program. Right. right. So I think that's a huge part Great of it. Point. And buying direct from Nike is just a better experience now. I mean, when was the last time you were at a Foot Locker and trying to find Nikes? Like, they have limited selection. They don't always have the sizes that you need. And you are able to get better prices, better assortment, and you have a great return policy with Nike, you know, free returns and shipping. Like, it's just the the experience is ultimately better going to a Nike or going to a Dick's Sporting. Well, And you're a mom in this headspace right now because your kid is definitely in this age. Yes. You know, and so I think you've got me actually i mean i think you've got me reversing course on this pretty hard like i think this is actually the canary in the coal mine because the other point that was raised in these articles in the statements that footlocker put out is that they're not going to invest in their own brands right and i'm like what 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 footlocker own brands are you going to use to compete in this space which you know as we've talked about a thousand times is 100 percent right the harbinger of more bad news to come right yep no, and I, we don't even need to. Hopefully, for the loyalists, we don't need to retread on why that is. But like, be alarmed by that part of this announcement. So yeah, and I think when you when I listen when I put that against what you just said, yeah, this might just be the beginning of uh, further troubles. All right, let's do headline number four. Kroger is expanding into Oklahoma, similar to how it did in Florida last year. <gasps> Without stores, oh this is God. so exciting. Chris, this is like your favorite th- topic of all it time. It is. I think I, this is you so. You just get so excited. It's about so cool. It. And according to the Dallas Morning News, Kroger will offer online grocery shopping from its new automated facility in Dallas, which is built in partnership with Ocado. Okay. And will also coordinate deliveries with what is calling a fifty thousand square foot quote unquote spoke facility. Yes. In Oklahoma City, the Oklahoma spoke facility is said to deliver within a two hundred mile radius and is expected to employ up to 191 full-time employees. I Yeah, I love this. You can tell by my voice, but what do you think? Yeah, this was actually one that I fought you for did. before the Whole Foods Just Walk Out technology when we were coming into the Fast Five yes, Selection Yes, I kowtowed product. to you. <laughs> yesterday, but this, is the, this spoke facility can deliver within a 200-mile radius. Like, that is a lot. That, I mean, you think about, like, we've been focusing so much on micro-fulfillment and, like, these fulfillment centers delivering into, like, five, right. ten-mile radius. I'm just an average person, but to me, that is, like, shocking. Like, that is crazy. And so I think that this was, when I read this, it was made very apparent to me that the coverage capability that they have for this model is significant enough that they can start now in a new market to make a pretty big impact yeah, on grocery sure. and being a, a preferred grocery provider, especially whatever pricing they're be going to be able to offer because they don't have to operate a store. And I think a lot of people gave them so much crap early on, like yeah. when Okado was coming, when they, you know, merged with Okado, they, people were saying like, you can't do what you did in the UK, Okado, where you have these dense urban settings. But now they're delivering to a 200-mile radius, Chris. And that's just one of the spokes. Right, right, right. Yeah, and, and I'm not a math major, Ann, but a radius is half the length of a circle, right? Is that is that what it is, right? Cir- yes. Yeah, okay, good. Okay, it's different than circumference, which is the full length, right? Yes. Okay, just making sure. I just want to make sure I had that that yes. right, because I think that's a critical piece of information here. But I digress. Anyway, and I 100% agree. Like, I, this story is not covered enough, in my opinion. Yes. I, I searched it, actually. I searched it, and there was only one other mention of it last week outside the Dallas Morning News, and it was, of course, the great people at Grocery Dive who do yes. an awesome job. No one else picked it up. 
This is the largest grocer yeah. in the country entering a second market now virtually. Maybe a third if you include New York, the announcement they made last year too. But that tells me two things. Yes. Okay. One, it tells me that they are liking what they're seeing in Florida. Mm-hmm. Or they're not liking what they're seeing in Florida, and this is the next attempt to try to see if it's this idea still works. Yes. But either way, we're going to have an answer to that question in a few months or a few years when they decide to either enter another market or not enter another market. Yeah. But this is telling. This is my guess something is few to months. keep an eye on. Yeah. My guess is right. we're going to hear another one in a few months. Right. Like the speed that they've been rolling this out is... Fierce. Yeah, I mean, my, my hunch is it's working. But if you're listening, Kroger, if you know anything, let us know because we'd love to talk about it on, on succeeding shows here uh, as we go along. But all right, Ann, let's right. finish this show so up. Speaking of Grocery Dive, Jeff Wells and team broke the news this week that Target's assortment is currently available via the DoorDash app in cities like Cleveland, Atlanta, Louisville, Kentucky, uh, Charlotte, North Carolina, and Seattle. Which is odd, Chris, because a Target spokesperson told Jeff and team at Grocery Dive that Target exclusively partners with Shipt to offer same-day delivery of online orders to millions of guests across the country. We do not, they said, have a business relationship with DoorDash. So what we have here is clearly the case of what some are calling ninja shopping, (laughs) whereby the third-party delivery marketplaces are listing products of retailers without the retailer's knowledge. A practice DoorDash also acknowledged to Grocery Dive, which is exactly what they are doing. That was my favorite part of the article. Like they were so bl- brazen about this. They're like, "Yeah, that's that's totally what we're doing." Yeah, yeah. I talked to Jeff about this article. Yeah, like, you recorded this. Yeah, article, right? and you know, he was t- saying he's like, Instacart did this a couple years ago too. Like this is not a new thing. Right. But uh, what what do you think about this, Chris? Like I got to hear your perspective. Yeah, and we might spend some time on this one too because I think there's a lot of nuance to this conversation too. But I at the Fundamentally, when I hear about this stuff, it irks the hell out. Well, of yeah, me. I'm picturing you like getting the call when you were at an yeah. executive at Target, yeah. and they're like, "Guess what, Mr. Chris? Uh, they're selling our stuff on DoorDash." Yeah, it would piss me off. Yeah, I have a real problem with it because you're siphoning off value that I give to the marketplace by scraping my inventory off my website or mm-hmm. my my product information off your website, and that just feels kind of inherently wrong to me. Okay. But admittedly, and I don't know where to draw the line on this. Like I was thinking about, okay, like where am I okay with scraping internet? Yeah. Like I was like, okay, there's pricing services that scrape, you know, your pricing relative to you, sure. one retailer to the other and the retailers pay for it. I'm like, okay, I'm okay with that. That your makes sense. Your customers are scraping yeah. the internet looking for pricing Well, but hold on a okay. second. Okay. Well, well, actually, actually, I take that back. Why don't, okay. So, so like I kind of impeeved by this, but okay. tell me why I'm wrong because I think, I think I know where you're going, but I think there's nuance to that too. But so yeah, keep going. Okay, this is mostly mostly grocery, um, but what I'm. But it could, in theory, be done. It anywhere. could be done anywhere, but specifically in these examples, it's mostly grocery items. But I think that you have a hard time being like the authorized seller of celery. Like how how can Target be like this? Like this is the kind of stuff they're getting their grocery products. There's nothing ninja about this, Chris. Well, like, there's nothing ninja about it. It's a stupid name. No, 100. Re- everybody knows what's going on here. Retailers are just getting upset now that the convenience market has been democratized. This this has been going on for years. People have had personal assistants that have been doing this. Your home designers are reselling products for you and charging an upcharge for going and picking it out for you. Like this has been going on and it's people were doing the same damn thing. They just weren't using technology to do it and nobody was up in arms because the retailers were still getting the sales. So I think that, you know, there this is not for me, I mean 
don't know. Oh, I I don't see. So the you don't have a problem with, with this at all. You're no. like you're like scrape away. Scrape away, and especially because they're going into other businesses too. Like you know, Instacart and DoorDash have relationships with every other retailer now at this point, right? right? right. So like you could, in theory, have this happening anywhere, any right. brand. Right. I, the, the, your personal assistant argument kind of makes sense. Like okay, you're just facilitating that at a greater scale. Yes. But at the end of the day, though, there's a difference in the first party data relationship in that situation. Like your relationship with the your it's one to one, right? Like it's. It's not being assumed by this marketplace that then creates all those first first party relationships outside of the retailer. What the retailer, like the personal assistant, like that assist that assistant is still going to that retailer on behalf of that person, which is a more direct connection here as well. That I think is I think is just inherently different. But I guess I don't understand that because if you're going to have Instacart or Shipped or anybody like facilitating, I mean. Shipped is different because I, I, that's a hard one to like use for this example. But I think if you're going to use Instacart, which you know lots of retailers are using, or DoorDash or Grubhub or whoever, you are you're already like losing that personal relationship. But it, like, what's the bigger risk here? I guess is it, what's more important? Well, but the retail, sales you're or the? You're, but you're saying the retailer is choosing not to use them in this case, and so then that for that then if they're scraping it, they're getting that relationship that they other wouldn't other otherwise, otherwise wouldn't. wouldn't. Yeah. And so that is a difference in data transfer and understanding your customer and what they want, which is kind of subversive to me in a way. But I don't, I don't know. I but don't, I don't I, know the I answer. I just don't to this. know. Yeah, I don't know. I, I think the the other issue is that like, if there's a problem with your order, DoorDash in this case is the one that's hearing about it, not Target. So it's like they are doing something that justifies them having to like get an extra commission off of doing this. I think the. Target is also like, again, what is more important to you, Target? Sales revenue or the direct relationship with the customer? And, you know, you're still getting your products in the hands of those customers and the potential of bringing them into a Target store and maybe they, like, got a good and gather product through DoorDash that they wouldn't have received otherwise. Like, yeah, I mean, there's I... There's no harm in this test. Like, it's good. It's better for everybody, especially for DoorDash. Like, if nothing else, they do this. They get they get Target to see that there's an interest in their services. Yeah, I mean, I think you're right. I'm not going to I'm not gonna get on the old man... I think I'm getting off the old man, get off my lawn kind of thing okay. here with this because in a way it's just like a different version of affiliate marketing, you know, in a lot of ways, but you're just not, I mean, and you're right. Target, if Target, if they're doing this in that many cities, Target knows about it. Like the they store manager sure is going to be like, why is DoorDash's runner in this store picking products and then checking out? Like it's so freaking That's obvious. That's what I mean. There's like, what is so the like, priority here? Yeah. So yeah, so you're right. I mean, maybe maybe, maybe I'm too Clint Eastwood and Grand Torino on this one. All right, let's yeah. close this show up. All right. So Chris, lightning round time. According to Retail Touchpoint's headline, Beta has ended U.S. operations but leaves multiple lessons for other retailers. What would you say one of those lessons might be, Chris? Oh man, um, that's a tough question. First of all, I want to salute all the folks at Beta. Like yes. we've had loaned those guys for a long time, and hey, they entered the arena and they tried to make it work for a long time. I'm actually really sad to see them go, and so my heart goes out to them um, because they 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 tried to do the battle. I mean, the lessons for me, and if you got a chance to watch the interview we did with their CEO, uh, uh, probably two years ago yeah. now, over that. 
No, I thought it was really interesting because I thought, it, you know, it, the business model economics matter mm -hmm. in terms of what's underlying, you know, how it's going to work ultimately and where the pressure points will come from and where they won't. That's that's my big takeaway. All right, and grocery delivery startup We was just valued at $4.1 billion in its latest round of funding. What is your take? This is just the beginning for We. Um, huge underserved market. There are still very few Asian and Hispanic items available from big box grocers and instant delivery providers. So I think this is just just the very start. Um, I joined Walmart Plus, by the way. I forgot to tell you Oh, you, you did? You have to. Did you scan and go in the store? Oh. So I used Walmart Plus yesterday to make a dish that I like automatically added recipes to. And half of the things are not available. You can get them. You have to shipping. join Walmart Plus. You have to pay the subscription fee to use scan and go a, in the you store. You get a free trial. Oh, but wow. yes, you do. That's crazy. My the question for me though with we potentially growing yes. as you said is it reminds me of a little Saturday Night Live skit. Is it we little we and then freaking huge? Anyway, all right. <laughs> that joke was about. lost on Ann, but all you Saturday Night Live fans will know what I'm talking about. Mike Myers. All right. All right, Ann. Uh, it's it's my turn. Oh, it's, your... it's my turn. Uh, Banana Republic launched right. baby <laughs> and. Banana Republic athleisure product on their site this week, Chris. Given your Gap pedigree, do you think parents across the country are going to about to uh, break the BananaRepublic.com site in order to get their hands on a two hundred dollar cashmere baby blanket? No, what the f is going on at Gap? Like, <laughs> what? Why in the hell would you waste any time on this? I think they're trying to compete with Zara. Maybe I don't know. Why don't would know. Why would you waste any time on these like home furnishings partnerships with Walmart and all that? Like why? What What the hell point does that serve? I don't know. All right, Ann. This is my. This is a good one. This is. I'm proud of this question. Pantene and Stubbs are now being offered in reusable containers in 25 Fred Meyer stores around Portland through Kroger's new partnership with Loop. So my question for you is. At home, who works himself up into a bigger lather? You or Mr. Omnitalk? For sure, Mr. Omnitalk. Really? I think he showers like three times a day. Really? Okay, so we're going with showering. All right, on that one. All right. Oh, God. <laughs> That's our interpretation That's, uh, of still lathering. Him. I'm still him. I'm all going right. with him. All right, still going with him. All right, all right. Happy birthday today to Ronan Keating, Herschel Walker, and my own slaves a visual seventh heaven. Jessica Beale. Uh, did you know Herschel Walker used to have a show here and like a late night show? He used to go Herschel Walker. No Herschel way. Walker, what do you play for the Vikings? Herschel Walker show. Yeah. Are you serious? Oh yes. I think it was on after SNL actually. Yeah. I'll I'll find some clips and send them to you. I just and Jessica Beale's from Minnesota too. So. Oh my God. And Ronan Keating. Shout out to the, the he has that song. Uh, the touch of your hand. Let's me know when you do. Oh my God. That's <laughs> from whatever Julia happy, Roberts, Hugh happy, Grant happy. movie that is. What movie is that? Why can't I think of it right now? All right, anyway. And remember, if you can only read or listen to one retail blog in the business, make it OmniTalk. Our Fast Five podcast is the quickest, fastest rundown of all the week's top news. And our twice weekly newsletter tells you the top five things you need to know each day and also features special content exclusive to us and just for you. And it fits all within the preview pane of your inbox. You can sign up today at www.omnitalk.blog. Thanks, as always, for listening in. Please remember to like and leave us a review wherever you happen to listen to your podcast or on YouTube. And, of course, as always, and be careful out there. Bye. <laughs> the OmniTalk Fast Five is a Microsoft-sponsored podcast. Microsoft Cloud for Retail connects your customers, your people, and your data across the shopper journey, delivering personalized experiences and operational excellence. We are also brought to you in association with the A&M Consumer and Retail Group. The AM Consumer and Retail Group is a management consulting firm that tackles the most complex challenges and advances its clients, people, and communities toward their maximum potential. CRG brings the experience, tools, and operator-like pragmatism to help retailers and consumer products companies be on the right side of disruption. And take off. 
Takeoff is transforming grocery by empowering grocers to thrive online. The key is micro-fulfillment, small robotic fulfillment centers that can be leveraged at a hyper-local scale. Takeoff also offers a robust software suite so grocers can seamlessly integrate the robotic solution into their existing businesses. To learn more, visit takeoff.com. And Sezzle. Sezzle is an innovative buy now, pay later solution that allows shoppers to split purchases into four interest-free payments over six weeks. To learn more, visit sezzle.com. 